यू आर लिस्निंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हाई वाई नॉट मिंट मनी इज अ डेली पॉडकास्ट ऑन पर्सनल फाइनेंस दैट हेल्प यू गेट स्मार्ट अबाउट मैनेजिंग मनी वी हेल्प यू अंडरस्टैंड बेसिक मनी कॉन्सेप्ट टू कीप यू फ्रॉम मेकिंग बैड मनी मिस्टेक्स वाई नॉट मिंट मनी इज योर वन स्टॉप सोल्यूशन टू मनी मैटर्स सो लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड वेलकम टू योर मनी जर्नी Hi I am Shipra from Mint's personal finance team. Today's episode of Why Not Mint Money is a complete tax package on buying and selling real estate. When you set out to buy your dream home or any other real estate property, your checklist must include the various tax liabilities that come laden with buying real estate. So for instance, a buyer has a responsibility of deducting tax from the payment made to the seller, seller and depositing it to the government account. and that's not all the buyer also has to issue form 16b to the seller within the set time limit this is one of the many things to take care of when you're purchasing a real estate property and not just with buying when you sell real estate and make capital gains it's essential that you compute capital gains the correct way to avoid mistakes in tax filing so in today's podcast i have with me sandeep junjunwala who's a partner at nagya anderson to discuss the nitty gritties of tax liabilities involved in buying and selling real estate Hi Sandeep and welcome to Why Not Mint Money podcast. Hello everyone. Uh, I'm Sandeep Jhinjhinwala. Uh, I'm a tax partner with Nangya Anderson uh, with its tax practice at Bangalore. So let me start by asking you a question on computing capital gains. For properties that are bought before April 2001, indexation acquisition cost is considered to arrive at its fair market value. So where can a seller get FMV from? Yeah so to answer that question um, indexation per se is a tool which is available to provide some kind of relief to the taxpayers so that the inflationary adjustment is taken care of because obviously that the value of money that probably existed um, in 2001 or maybe the period before that cannot be equated to what it is today we have the time value of money as a you know as a very famous concept uh, that we are all aware of so technically indexation uh, per se takes care of those inflation related uh, price adjustments uh, overall under the income tax act there is a provision that provides the seller with an option to adopt the fair market value as on april 1st 2001 as the cost of acquisition for the purpose of computing capital gains and uh the reason why this option is available is uh, you know to take care of situations where the adopted fair market value is higher than the actual cost of acquisition of the property which technically means that you will have a lesser capital gains uh, tax outgo uh because your higher fair market value will mean a lower capital gains uh, income and thereby a lower uh, tax outgo now there's a little bit of history to it because uh, the government wanted to rationalize some provisions so what happened is uh, in 2020 uh, there was a bit of rationalization done and in order to define what a fair market value is i think they, the government probably wanted to eliminate uh, the the discrepancies that probably could have existed so they capped the fair market value at the stamp duty value of the asset as on such date now stamp duty value is technically assessed by any authority of the central government or the state government for the purpose of payment of stamp duty on any immovable property so overall to answer that question given this cap 
you know we can conclude that the stamp duty value which is ascertained by a government authority that could be adopted as a fair market value to get the maximum benefit on the disposal of a property all right that makes it clear so the next question i want to ask is on an inherited or a gifted property so if somebody sells a property that you know he or she has inherited or was gifted to him is the transfer date of the property considered to calculate capital gains so uh, you know there are added level of challenges when it comes to you know inherited or a gifted property because uh, what is the date of transfer what is the period of holding what what is the period of indexation and all these are these are some aspects which become very important in case of inherited or a gifted property so i think uh, you know one should understand that in case of a inherited or a gifted property the period of holding which is required for the purpose of determining whether this capital asset which is in the form of property whether that uh, period of holding is short term or long term that would also include the period for which that property was held by the previous owner so this is a specific provision that sets in only in case of gift or inherited property where the law gives the flexibility to include the period of holding of the previous owner as well now the consequence of this provision is that the period of holding for the purpose of data, data mining or computing capital gains is from the date on which the property was acquired by the previous owner till the date on which the property is transferred so you get that extended period also for the purpose of computing the period of holding so uh, you know technically if i am getting the advantage of that period the cost of acquisition benefit should also come right so what it also means is that the cost of acquisition is deemed to be the cost for which the previous owner had acquired that property so these are specific provisions that applies in case of inherited or gifted property now for the purpose of indexation there has been a controversy around whether the index cost has to be computed with reference to the year in which the previous owner first held the asset or with reference to the year in which the taxpayer became the owner of the asset so this again is not very clear but you know there are ruling from you know multiple courts including a very famous ruling from mumbai high court in the case of manjula shah which had upheld that uh, you know the reference should be made to the year in which the previous owner had first held the asset which is consistent with you know the position that we took for the period of holding and the cost of acquisition so uh, you know technically all these aspects become very important in cases of inherited and gifted property my last question is in context of when you buy real estate so for properties worth more than rupees 50 lakh 1% tds has to be deducted by the seller so is this done on the total sale proceeds or is it done on each payment which is made in the form of advance or installments yeah so this is a very important aspect for uh, the buyers to note uh, you know the provisions under the income tax act Uh, which is dealt in section 194 ia uh, deals with the 1% tds which is to be done by the buyers of property now uh, the situation that uh, you asked uh, in that situation where the total sale proceed exceeds 50 lakh uh, the tax is to be deducted on the entire sale proceed and not on the incremental differential which is beyond 50 lakh so if the value of the property say is uh, 60 lakh then 
the TDS of 1% will apply on the entire 60 and not the delta between 60 and 50 which is 10 lakhs. Uh, also tax is to be deducted at the time of credit or payment whichever is earlier. This is the provision uh, which is mentioned under the Income Tax Act. Now given this one has to be mindful that the provisions of section 194IA it needs to be observed where the total consideration which is payable by uh, the buyer is more than 50 lakh. Even if the single installment or a single tranche of advance that the buyer is paying is less than 50 lakh. So in, in the same example that we uh, earlier spoke of if the total value of the property is 60 lakhs and the installment that one is making is say 10 lakh for instance TDS would still apply because the overall value of consideration which is paid to the seller in this case is more than 50 lakh. Now important aspect uh, is also that this doesn't apply in the case of agricultural land. Uh, consideration includes the value uh, which is incidental to the transfer of immobile property. So just in case you are buying the property from a developer directly, uh, some charges which are towards club membership, car parking, electricity, water facility, maintenance, all of that gets included in the value of consideration. Uh, one relaxation that has been provided by the authorities is that uh, generally you need to get a tax registration number for doing a TDS. That provision is not applicable. So one need not as an individual take a separate registration for doing this TDS. But as far as uh, deducting TDS and remitting it to the government is concerned, that, that needs to be followed. Thanks for tuning in. That's all for today's podcast. See you in the next episode. listening in we're also available on livemin.com and if you're old school then do pick up a copy of mint for some insightful coverage if you have any questions you want us to address do reach us out at ht smartcast we are present on twitter facebook and insta and if you want to connect over email write into us at mintmoney at livemin.com until next time it's bye-bye this was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.